again, everybody. Welcome to the Mainland Podcast. We're uh, here for episode number 104. And uh, we are, uh, again, talking about Orlando City bringing points home from the road. I am Michael Citro. I'm the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, SB Nation's site covering all things Orlando City. And uh, joining me, as always, David Rowe. Dave, how are you this week? I am fit to be tied after that uh, scoring uh, extravaganza last Saturday. Um, it was a pretty darn fun game to watch, and um, you know we'll get into it in a little bit more depth, but uh, um, a lot of it was really enjoyable. Yeah, fit to be tied. I see what you did there. Um, hey. So yeah, it was uh, it was a trip to Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the first time ever. The Third meeting with Atlanta United in the third different stadium, and uh, you uh, you just had a feeling the way that that team was playing that things were not going to go well for Orlando City. They uh, they were coming off a just an absolute shellacking. They scored a touchdown against uh, the New England Revolution. Of course, the Revs mm-hmm. Revs helped them out by getting a couple of guys sent off. Uh, but they, the carnage was already underway before anybody had been sent off. And um, and they, of course, beat Dallas uh, 3-0 there. So they hadn't even allowed a stinking goal. And uh, you were thinking, man, uh, we got a low-scoring team going in there where they don't allow goals. And um, they're going to have 70,000 people in the stands. It's going to be a very intimidating, intense atmosphere. Um, and uh, so 10 minutes in, Dom Dwyer just says, oh, you know what? I'm going to score my first goal as an Orlando City player. Well... If you're going to open your account, and it's been a little while since you did it, did anything of the sort, uh, going in there into that hostile environment uh, and trying to quiet 70,000 people is a great way to do it. Um, it, it you could see the uh, happiness on his face, and, and well, let's you know, let's face it, he was also given the little uh, shh uh, sign up to uh, to the fans there in Atlanta, which uh, I'm perfectly okay with. Um, so yeah, I couldn't be happier for for Dom. Obviously, you know, happy for us. Um, plus, we finally get to talk about Dom scoring goals. Yeah, well, he he was probably shushing everyone because he he figured that uh, Sydney had the TV on it and maybe his uh, his young son was trying to sleep and he didn't want ah, ever, yes. didn't want that loud noise to to wake up his son. So uh, I'm sure it was nothing to you know nothing to you know it, it wasn't like smack talk kind of thing or anything. <laughs> Um, no, 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 not at all. Not. Um, not a professional athlete. Yeah, no. he he wouldn't stir the pot. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a dream start. I mean, um, just a really great ball from Donnie Toya, and uh, you know, at the back post, Dom was waiting, and Dom uh, got the best of his defender and and put it in past Guzan, and you know, as good as Guzan had been against Orlando City, it was nice to have an early goal to to kind of set the tone. Um, but this was a really back and forth game and, and it was a, it was a game where both, both teams kind of got, it was a little, kind of an open game at times, but Atlanta always looked like the more dangerous team because they always do look like the more dangerous team. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it just kind of came apart there for Orlando in one moment where it just didn't seem like there was a whole lot of danger. And then there was a whole lot of danger and uh, kind of an unfortunate um, uh, try for uh, for Bendik to get to the ball and missed it, uh, did not get down and keep Gressel from being able to cross the ball back across the front of goal for Joseph Martinez to tap in. And that was, um, it was a 
play that when I saw it live, I thought there's no way that ball didn't go over the end line. And so, of course, they decided not to show the replay for about five minutes. And mm-hmm. uh, then they finally did. And, of course, it was it did look look good uh, that the ball never completely crossed the line. But it was just, uh, I think, a goalkeeping mistake, a rare one for, for Bendik, uh, not to get to the ball first on the heavy touch by Gressel and then to also allow that cross to get, uh, you know, back in front of goal. Yeah, he, he caught himself out in the middle. Um, you know, he came out a little bit too late to, to get that. And then, you know, going back, I mean, he uh, I, I watched it again today. He, he full stretch out there to try and keep that uh, knock it out of uh, off the end line. Um, but it just snuck past his his fingertips uh, right along the end line straight across. I mean, if if the wind had blown, it could have it could have gone in goal without anybody tapping it in. Um but of course, you know, it, it does get across and, and Martinez is there to, to tap it in first, first of the night. Yeah. So unfortunately tied at one, one at that point. And then, uh, you know, the game progressed a bit and then, uh, you know, Dom must've liked scoring his first goal so much. They decided to do it again. Uh, really fantastic cross from uh, Scott Sutter and, uh, Dom Dwyer just abused Anton walks and, um, uh, headed in past Guzan who, Looked like he thought he had a play to cut off the cross, and uh, he badly misjudged it, and that kind of left a, a pretty easy finish for Dom, who uh, made it two to one. And you know, at this point, you're just, you know, you're an Orlando City fan. You just can't even feel your face, and your pants are probably off by this point. <laughs> uh, I never thought of it like that, but uh, you know, you do you, Mike. Uh, if uh, you know when Dom. Uh... Tom gets up and gets that second header. You're right. I mean, you're as an Orlando City fan, you're going nuts because you know you were happy to see him get the first, and and you know you always suspected after he did maybe the uh, the dam was going to break and we'd start seeing more goals from him. Well, he didn't wait long to get that second one, um, and and you know Guzan kind of paying us back for uh, you know Benda getting you know making a bad decision with his own bad decision, allowing uh, Dom to just pop that one over uh, over Guzan and into the back of the net. So. Um, it was, uh, yeah, you know, you're up to one on the road in that, in that stadium. Um, you know, it's still Orlando city, so you're still worried and it's still Atlanta. So you're still worried, but, um, you're feeling a lot better, you know, in that 39th minute than you were, uh, you know, at the start of the game. And Atlanta fans had not seen their team concede in this building through two games and they had to be going, what in the world is this low scoring team coming in here and putting it on us, uh, like this, how is this happening? Uh, so that's good because I'm all for anything that, that brings uh, discomfort to Atlanta United fans, um, as you know. I think, yeah, I think we can all agree on that one, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, uh, because we can't have nice things, the lead disappeared again. Again, it was Joseph Martinez. And help me out, Dave, because Joseph Martinez scored all their goals. I mean, they had like no one else that could beat us. Uh, so tell me which goal this was by Martinez. Uh, so this was his header, um, and he basically did the same thing to us that we that Dom had done to them, uh, you know, twice in a row. Um, you know, he gets a, a good cross, gets up, gets his head on, and, and you know, just uh, gets a gets it by Bendik. Um, there wasn't much anybody was going to do about it. It was a good goal. Um, but at some point, you know, at this point, you know, both sides, somebody on their team has got to be saying, hey, can somebody keep an eye on that Dwyer guy? And we've got to be saying, hey, can somebody keep an eye on that Martinez guy? Because, you know, 
they're just they're trading goals at this point mm-hmm. and uh you know that's well it, it made for uh some exciting uh, uh soccer to watch it, it's uh you know depending on which team you're on you're, you're really concerned about that one player now yeah i i'm I thank you for reminding me which goal it was. I remember it now. The when I watched it live, it looked it looked almost like uh, Jonathan Spector, who, by the way, we didn't mention he started the game, uh, didn't finish it, but he did start it. it was, so it was nice to have Specs back in the game. Uh, it looked like he took a little bit of a shove while the ball was in the air. That was not the case, actually. He he kind of passed off Martinez to Toya on the back side and. It's kind of like in basketball where you have a center where you're just trying to deny the ball. And yep. you're like, well, just they'll, they'll have to make the perfect pass to get it in here. And it was. The cross was just maybe an inch over Spectre's head mm-hmm. and uh, and got onto Martinez's head for the to make it 2-2. It, it's, it's one of those cases where if you if you line up and give give the guy 100 crosses, you know, he's probably not going to complete more than a handful. And uh it- you know, because either Specter is going to going to it's going to be just just low enough for Specter to get his uh, flick or it's going to be too high, or it's right. going to be or it's going to be over. So I mean, he he hit it right in the perfect sweet spot. It, you know, tip your cap, just an unbelievable cross. Uh, there was pretty good coverage on that play. You had you had Toya on the backside of Martinez. You had Specter fronting him, and uh, it just kind of fell right in the bucket. So um, you know, tip your cap and and move on. It's two two. Um, so we move on, and, and you know, of course, uh, the weird thing happens is Orlando City, for the second time all year, scores a third goal. And this time it's Dom with the sweet, sweet delivery to Kyle Laren, who also uh, introduced himself to Anton Walks. And uh, uh, Walks came up a little wanting on this particular day, as, uh, as Kyle was uh, just, it was just no chance for, for Guzan from that um point blank range that that Kyle shot from and you know when you have a header with power it, unless it's right at the keeper it just happens to hit an outstretched limb that thing's going in the net so good to see Kyle get back on the board again I think that's three goals in four games for Kyle now and that's the second one in a row that he's had assisted by Dom Dwyer and uh, this time from the opposite side of the field yeah so I think that uh, Kyle uh, saw Dom uh, get two headers and he was like hey I got to get me one of those so uh, he, he I'm sure at some point he, he said hey Dom you know how about you know me this time and Dom said sure and you know puts a nice cross in like you said Kyle gets something behind it puts it in the back of the net and uh, that, that reminds me of uh, Dom's first header uh, his next snap on that one to put that first one in was was brutal I mean it that thing uh, it, it was like he kicked it with his head so yeah um, but uh, but anyway yeah good to see Kyle uh, gets goal and hey look at that 58th minute we're up again um, and you know we've scored three for the first time in God knows how long mm-hmm. on the road in that in that stadium against that team. Um, uh, it felt great. It felt awesome. I, you know, the they were scoring goals. I mean, we were there was, you know, danger on the other end as well. But, um, you know, uh, it, it, you know, we're going toe to toe with the with these guys and, and they typically score a lot more goals than we do. So, yeah. um it it was really nice, you know. You're 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 almost uh you know two thirds of the way through the game and and feeling better than once again better than you thought you would at the beginning of it. Yeah, playing from ahead is great because you're you you know the worry is oh my god they could tie it. It's not oh my god they could take the lead. And um, so it was nice to to get the regain the lead. It was just good to see the team respond every time that that Atlanta you know 
hit them back. They they came back and, and did something about it. And unfortunately, after Kyle's goal, uh, we lost Spectre for the rest of the game. He had uh, his knee tightened up on him at halftime. He came out and gave it a go in the second half, but he couldn't go anymore after that goal. And he was subbed off for Leo Pereira. And at that point, you're going, how's Leo Pereira and uh, Tommy Redding uh, as a pairing to go up against, you know, Yamil Assad? Uh, and uh, and Martinez and Alvaron <laughs> and uh, you know we're not even talking about the guy that's already killed us twice, right? Uh, so Vialba. So you know you're you're thinking if we could just tie the game, maybe you know you're just thinking at that point you have a lead, but you know you've watched this team all year and you've watched Atlanta what they've done recently and what they've done at home, and you're just thinking. Can we just please, can we just please hold on? And, um, you know, they could not hold on to the lead as Martinez struck again. This time, Tommy uh, Redding uh, got beaten to the spot. And, um, you know, you, you can't switch off for a second against Martinez if that ball's coming. And he did. And Martinez had a, had his hat trick. And I, I think if you go back and you look at all the hat tricks in Major League Soccer this year, I think almost all of them were scored against Orlando City, right? <laughs> Well, you know, we, we are a generous squad and we, we do like to make people feel good about that type of thing. So uh, now, yeah, Tommy, uh, unfortunately, uh, he got caught napping just a hair. And I mean, and that's all it took uh, for Martinez to get around him and, and you know, put that into the goal. So it, it was like you say, you, you can't do that against a player, especially one that's obviously hot that night. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he'd already scored two. You know, he's looking for the hat trick. Um, you know, you've got to be on him like, you know, a blanket winner. I mean, it's, it's got to be, you got to be all over him. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately he, he got by and we're, uh, we're tied again. And, uh, you know, but the, we, we still had the guys out there and we'd been scoring, uh, you know, at that point I, I wasn't, I wasn't convinced we could get another one, but I, I, at the same time, I wasn't convinced we couldn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, then as the, as the game goes on and, um, you know, their attack keeps coming. Uh, at some point, I'm, I'm more worried about uh, conceding another goal rather than getting another goal. Yeah. Uh, just based off of, you know, the uh, shell shock that we've had from this season. Um, fortunately, uh, Bendik did have an, an awesome save on one that, that may have been a, a good chance for them. But uh, uh, the team did not concede that last one, and, and we walk out of there with a point. Yeah, and there were chances for both teams. Obviously, Atlanta had a few more opportunities than than Orlando City did. Um, I kind of go back to that injury to Spectre, and I think, does his presence on the pitch keep Redding in line for that to prevent that third goal? Maybe. You know, maybe he's yelling at Tommy to stay on him, stay on him, and maybe that's keeping Tommy right. from switching off for that, that just half second. Um, you know, it's a little unfortunate. We'll never know. But uh, I kept thinking that if there were any justice in the universe, uh, Dom would get his hat trick in the last minute of stoppage time to just absolutely stick the dagger in the way that uh, that Vialba has done to right. Orlando twice. But, of course, there is no justice in the universe. And, you know, everything is bad and nothing will ever be good again, uh, as we all <laughs> as we all know. Um, well, you know, when 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 Atlanta United is allowed to prosper, you know that evil is winning the battle. So anyway, uh, you know, a good result. You got to think going in there, that's you're going to be lucky not to be laughed out of the building. And um, 
you know, the way that they had come in on such an unbelievable uh, run of form, uh, scoring goals like by the bushel and, you know, to go there and, and be able to put three on them and to, to basically make their fans nervous for the entire game was was certainly unexpected. And it was a, a nice role reversal and, and, you know, kind of. You know, I, I've heard a few people say that it was two dropped points rather than one earned point uh, by Orlando City. You could look at it that way if you're a miserable human being and you like to be looking at the half empty glass rather than the half full glass. I don't see the point in that. I don't see the point in being a sad sack. I am, um, you know, if you t- tell me going into that game, we're getting a point. I'm going to say cool. And so we got the point and I say, cool, if it would have been a tie game in stoppage again, I wouldn't have been cool with that. Uh, right. That that would have felt just too much. But, uh, I mean, it was fairly early in the game uh, with plenty of time left for both teams to find a winner. And it was a, it was a very entertaining game, very open game. Um, the atmosphere was incredible. And uh, I think it was probably a deserved result. You know, I'm looking at uh, the way that I look at the, the choke and doke. Um and you know, I'm, I'm a Seminole fan. So th- that game, you know, the choke and doke was a, a win for me, even though it was a tie and it was a loss for the Gators, even though it was a tie. Um, you know, this one, like you said, if you're not a miserable human being and you have a little perspective going into that game, you were not expecting to win. So to come out with a point you, you, and, and to stick it to their fans and, and score on them, you know, for the first time, not only that score on them, but to keep up with them and score as many goals as they did and, you know, get the result there so that they don't have a win in that place. That, that feels much, there's so many more good points on, on our side, as far as that goes as a fan than it does for them, you know, cause they're the ones that are sitting there going, we should have won that game just based on who we are and who they are. Um, so I, I think, I think, you know, we, we get to, we don't get to claim it as a win, but we can, we can certainly feel good about it, especially with the, uh, um, you know, the way the team played, the way they responded, you know, scoring goals. And, you know, I, I, I mostly feel, feel really, really good about that game. Yeah, I do too. And, and, you know, we're done with them for the year. Um, you know, it kind of hurt, uh, that they didn't, weren't able to get three points, you know, and the, the faint playoff hopes are, are dwindling even more, but, um, at this point, you th- figure there's there's really one chance, and that's to jump into the DC United uh, or not the DC United, the uh, New York Red Bull slot. New York also drew this weekend, so they kept pace and um, you know didn't fall further behind. So I guess that's uh, uh, okay. Although the the window is getting you know more and more uh, closer to being all the way closed, but uh, it was it was nice to not to lose to not lose points against the, the sixth place team. And that's, uh, that's what they got getting through this weekend. Now, again, they're going to have to get points and they're going to have to get them in bunches. And they have, they have no more, no more that they can uh, throw away. So, but at the, on the other hand, you know, if they get two wins out of their final five games, they're going to have the same amount of points they had. Um, what the last, uh, I can't remember two for 2015 or 2016. They need three wins to get to equal their best ever finish. So, they haven't regressed, I guess. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. We'll see what the, at the end of the year what the point total is. Anyway, uh, Dave, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind who nope. man of the match was for me or you. So nope. why don't you just give us a man of the match? 
Uh, old Double D, Dom Dwyer, two goals and an assist, uh, and going in there and, and just, you know, sticking it to Atlanta. There was there was no other choice, um, you know, and that's not to say that other players didn't play well, but uh, you know if he's going if he's going to put uh, that much uh, effort and points on the on the board, then uh, that's it, hands down. Yep, Dom Dwyer, man of the match for me also. So uh, emphatically unanimous decision this week. Uh, Dave, the Orlando Pride was off this weekend for the uh, international break, uh, but many Pride players were in action. And we'll start with uh, Australia and Brazil, because that's five of Orlando Pride's players right there, uh, playing in Australia uh, again, uh, in front of some big crowds. I mean, uh, they, they got uh, yeah. some pretty good-sized crowds uh, to come out and see the Matildas, and they got a, a pair of one-goal wins, 2-1 to one and 3-2. to two. Uh, Alana Kennedy assisted on a uh, goal, and also uh, Marta scored a, a goal from the penalty spot. She drew the penalty and then scored the penalty goal uh, in a losing effort in the second game. So um, hopefully everybody gets back to Orlando quickly and um, gets some rest, gets some sleep, and uh, gets ready for this weekend because the Pride have to play. Not only uh, is Orlando City playing a Portland team, uh, Orlando Pride are playing a Portland team this weekend. It's the all-Orlando-Portland um, you know, weekend as uh, Saturday, the Portland Thorns come into Orlando City Stadium for an afternoon game against the Pride. And that is, Dave, a uh, the first part of a doubleheader with OCB. Uh, mm-hmm. Two games uh, this weekend at o- at Orlando City Stadium. Meanwhile, the, the men, the MLS team, will go out to Portland and uh, Providence Park to face the Timbers on Sunday. And uh, that's a pretty huge game. And hopefully they can keep uh, Timber Joey's chainsaw quiet uh, on Sunday. Um, so, you know, good good for the women's game. A couple of friendlies getting a whole bunch of fans down in Australia. The Australians are really coming on as, a, as an international squad. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam Kerr just continues to score goals in bunches. Uh, she is just unbelievable. Speaking of unbelievable and, and on an incredible hot streak, Orlando's own... Alex Morgan was in action with the U.S. Women's National Team. Two games against New Zealand. Uh, they played at uh, the home of the Colorado Rapids on Friday. Uh, Dick Sporting Good Park up in uh, Commerce City. Just, uh, you know, it's a Denver suburb, basically. Um, and uh, and then they played at Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati last night, which was Tuesday night, which is why we're a day late this week. We wanted to watch the game. So uh, the, the U.S. women didn't look great in the first game kind of made a mess of a lot of chances uh, but eventually did enough to win they had to they had a two nil lead um, gave up one and New Zealand looked like they might be coming back into the game before uh, Alex Morgan scored the third goal uh, and uh, and just basically took the wind right out of their sails Julie Ertz was amazing in that game two goals early in the game uh, for Julie Ertz and um, and then it just kind of settled into a, a morass of a game for a while right. uh, until that, uh, until the, the New Zealand goal. And then, then uh, Morgan scored to make it three, one. So uh, a pretty good outing, although not real crisp. And then on Tuesday uh, in Cincinnati, it looked like completely different uh, women's national team uh, for the U S as they just uh, pounded New Zealand, New Zealand five nil. And it probably could have been much worse than that. Um, 
had a few other uh, shots been on target or not uh, been been stopped. So uh, Alex scored a brace in that game. Um, Mallory Pugh was unbelievable in that game, set up both of Morgan's goals and mm-hmm. scored one of her own. Uh, Lindsey Horan scored a goal and set up a goal. Sam Mewis had some unbelievable long passes to set up some goals. It was just um, – it was a really good night. Uh, it was a really good performance by the women's national team. Uh, not perfect by any stretch, but um, and, and considering the level of the competition isn't like a France or a Germany or an England uh, or a Canada even. Um, uh, I thought uh, much happier with Tuesday's performance than with uh, Friday's. Absolutely. You know, and you, you're right. Uh, Ertz uh, in the first game had uh, she, she had that brace and, and she she did look great during that game. If nobody else was. Julie was looking great. Um, she had, she seemed to have the knack for being in the right place at the right time um, to, you know, uh, gosh, I mean, one of them, Rapino, you know, tried to head, it goes off the post, <laughs> bounces out, and Ertz just comes running in from the midfield and just knocks it into the back of the, out of nowhere, like literally out of frame. You don't see yeah. her until uh, suddenly she's there and, and suddenly the ball's in the back of the goal. Um, so, I mean, she, she was fantastic of course you know alex getting uh, a goal on that one now uh, correct me if i'm wrong i think between the the three she had with the national team and then what she's done with the pride that's like 12 goals scored recently yeah that's uh scored nine goals in her last uh i think nine and in, in the last nine games in the nwsl f- and f- actually four in the last three games uh with the u.s one okay national so 13 team. so yeah, yeah so- it, Yeah, she scored one uh, in the last game of the Tournament of Nations, I think, and then uh, one on Friday and then two last night. So uh, and the the second one last night, the second goal last night, Dave, unbelievable goal. I mean, she absolutely smashed that ball off the underside of the crossbar and uh, goalkeeper was kind of in a decent position, but had no chance to stop that. No, that thing that thing was moving. She uh, she took that one uh, on her right foot just sidestepped barely to the left and blasted it into the corner. You know, like you said, hitting the underside of the post there. Um, it was, it was a very amazing goal. And her, her first one was really nice too. I mean, it was her first touch in the, in the match. Cause she, yes. when she came on at half, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it was a neat little outside of the right edge of the foot, just to just kind of nudge it past a uh, nailer, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it was what the 46 minutes, you know, seconds after the the half had started so um you know everything that we want for alex to be you know hitting her stride and in form uh is has been happening you know mm-hmm. like we said 13 goals and you know between uh nwsl and, and u.s women's national team that's and there's there's no indication that she's going to slow down i mean she is looking confident she's playing confident and she's playing she's playing relaxed Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can see it on her face when she's playing and she's, she's playing happy. I mean, it's, she's having a good time. And of course, you know, if you're a striker and you're scoring, you're having a good time, but, um, you know, not surprising. Um, as far as the rest of the, the, the team, the second match definitely looked more what we expect from the U S women's national team. Um, it, it looked to me like, um, uh, oh shoot, uh, place for DC, um, Mallory Pugh. Yes, uh, Pew had a phenomenal game, and um, you know everybody else 
you know, they were the passing was good. It, there, there was there was very little wrong with that. The thing that uh, I, I feel is unfortunate it actually has to do with New Zealand is, you know, they're having trouble as a team um, with funding and traveling and being able to play matches. I mean, they've played half the matches of anybody else, um, which is, you know, if you're trying to compete at an international level, that makes it tough. Yeah, well, uh, that's what, their fifth and sixth games of the year, I think they said yeah. they were. And, and uh, you know, this is a very light year for the U.S., and they're, they're double that. They're more uh, than double that. They're I was going to say they're like 19 or something about, like that. And and they've still got four left this year. But, you know, that's not uncommon. They're, there was, I think it was Peru, didn't play like a friendly for like four years or something like right. that. It was ridiculous. It's it, We take for granted what we have here in the women's game because the women's game is is a point of emphasis where it is not in many parts of the, uh, of the world. And, um, you know, it's growing. The game is certainly growing. Um, I think tournaments like the, the She Believes Cup and the Tournament of Nations and, you know, certainly the Olympics and the World Cup, that all has, has helped. Um, and the Algarve Cup is another one. These are all things that have helped grow the women's game. I think that, uh, you know, you're seeing a, a lot more parity among the top teams now than you used to see, which is why, um, you know, the U.S. has not been quite as successful as it has in the past. And um, But it was nice for me, Dave, to see this partnership in the midfield growing between Julie Ertz and Sam Mewis. I think that is a, a potentially lethal combination for years to come in the middle of that uh, midfield for Jill Ellis. Yeah, uh, Ertz obviously is is um, with her performance both nights. I mean, you know, she had the brace on the first night, but she was still all over the place on, on, on the second game. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, like you said, Mew is just um, – her passing was – uh, spectacular, um, especially on those long passes. So it's, I, I agree with you. It's, that looks to be something that, uh, you know, especially as we, you know, start playing some teams that, you know, are not New Zealand, uh, you know, the Chinas and the, uh, the Englands and, and all of them that, that, that can be a, um, that can be a big help. Yeah. I mean, who knew that playing a, a player where they're being successful <laughs> for their club team would actually work out on the international level? I mean, granted, uh, Ertz has been a very good center back for the U.S. women's national team. There's no question about that. But uh, she has excelled for the Chicago Red Stars. And so it's it's nice to see that if you can bring in an Abby Dahlkemper and and maybe some, you know, find some new center backs that you can, you can get a lot more from Julie Ertz because she does have a scoring quality. She, even as a center back, she scored some goals for this team. So, right. you know, put her closer to the net <laughs> and uh, she's going to help make everybody else's job easier. And uh, not only with just, uh, I mean, everything she, she does well, she, she takes the ball away from people. Mm -hmm. She gets into passing lanes. She, she's uh, you know, she's always around the ball and she's just been uh, really fun to watch these last two games. So hopefully that will continue on. And uh, certainly fun to watch Alex Morgan the way she's been playing. So uh, they will – Alex and Ashlyn Harris, who did not play in either game, uh, will come home. And they'll be getting ready for the Portland Thorns. Alex played the full 90 on Friday, but only 45 on uh, Tuesday, although it was the last 45. So – uh, they, but I think Alex will come back from Cincinnati pretty, pretty fresh for uh, Saturday afternoon and Ashland will be completely fresh for Saturday afternoon. Um, speaking of the Portland Thorns, Tobin Heath made a, an appearance late in the game, uh, for the U S women's national team. Hasn't even played with the Thorns in quite a while, but, uh, finally got on the pitch, uh, for the national team. 
uh, for a few minutes last night. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll see her for some period of time on Saturday against the Pride, uh, but probably not for nearly the full game. But we'll see maybe 34, maybe, maybe a half from Tobin Heath. Yeah, uh, but that's a big game and the Pride need one point to be able to uh, notch their uh, pretty much notch their way into the uh, into the playoff playoff pool so that would be great to get a top four finish and and uh go into that last weekend knowing that they have uh basically as long as they don't get rung for like 12 goals they probably should be okay uh to to uh, to get in the playoffs so uh the pride and the thorns please go see them this weekend they could use your support uh, OCB was not very good this weekend. I'm, I'm just not even going to sugarcoat it. They were bad. Uh, they mm-hmm. played poorly. Uh, they played um, like a team that just didn't really have any knowledge of how to play the game at times. Um, there were periods of time where they were able to actually possess the ball, pass it around, uh, but they just never really seemed like they were going to break St. Louis down. And uh, they gave up a goal early. We're playing from behind on the road. And, uh, and then they got a break. They go, they go up a man because, uh, you know, St. Louis has a guy sent off and there's still 35 minutes to play. They're, they're only down a goal and they've been, you know, they've been creating some chances and it looked like now maybe there's a little bit more space. Maybe they'll create, you know, be able to finish on some of those chances, but they went the other way and gave up a penalty instead. And then, uh, you know, St. Louis scores on the penalty, makes it two nil. And, uh, then the whole rest of the game is just Orlando city B not scoring goals. Uh, so they get beat 2-0 for the second straight game. Uh, not a good look for Ant Pulis' team as the the season winds down. They're in a very precarious playoff spot, uh, Dave, and uh, it's this team needs to get things turned around and get some positive results quickly. They get uh, the second game of the doubleheader Saturday against Charleston Battery, a very formidable team. They were able to get a result in Charleston, uh, and Romario Williams is suspended, so that's going to help them. Uh, but uh, they need uh, some points. Yeah, Ant needs to figure out what is uh, what what the switch was that got turned off and turn it back on. Um, you know, get get their heads right. Um, they are sitting right above that line, and uh, points are at a premium right now. Charleston is sitting third in the East. Um, so, uh, like you say. Very formidable, even with, you know, uh, players out. It's still um, – th- this is where, you know, you're getting paid to play soccer. Um, and not only that, but if, if you're at a professional level, then typically you're a uh, competitor. That's why you've made it to the professional level. So it's time to, uh, you know, step back up, figure out what's going on, you know, and, and you're going to be at home, so, you know, You've and it's a double header, so you know maybe you get some. You got a bigger uh, crowd there than usual. Um, go out, make a stand at home, get some points, preferably get a win. Um, but you know there was there was something that they were doing right during that 12 game you know non losing streak. They they know how to do it. They just mm-hmm. got to find whatever that was. They got to find it again. Well, part of the problem is that uh, there's some guys missing that were there for most of that streak, and uh, you know because of including guys Earl getting, Edwards, yeah, yeah, Earl Edwards Jr. is part of it. I, I thought that uh, Jake did not look particularly strong in goal uh, this weekend, and no. uh, I also think that they really could use they really miss Haji Berry's speed that kind of opens things up. Um, Haji was not with the team on Saturday, uh, cause he was, he, he had, uh, 
I think he was he was in the 18, right? For uh, for Jason Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of a, a thing that hurt uh, OCB is missing the, the the big gun on offense, and uh, you know the landlord, of course, in the uh, in the goal, and uh, with with just a few games left, they're going to have to rally because I don't think they're going to get, they're not going to get Earl back and they're probably not getting Haji back at least this weekend. Cause Haji's probably going to be uh, traveling to Portland. Uh, so um, OCB needs to get things turned around. They're going to need to get some contributions. It'd be really great if Michael Cox could come back in and get healthy and get back in the lineup because the last time he played scored a brace. So, uh, you know, against a pretty good team on the road. So, that would be nice to have uh, to have the Canadian back in the uh, in the lineup because uh, he brings that speed, but also that finishing quality that was missing. Uh, Albert Dequa has really he's a young kid. He really fell off the table uh, probably about a month ago and has not been the same player that he was early in the season. So, um, you know, you hear about these young kids hitting a wall because uh, they're playing more soccer than they've ever played before once they turn pro. And it certainly looked like Dequa has hit the wall this year. Uh, so Anthony Pulis bunch back in the in the in the battle in the thick of things on saturday night at uh, orlando city stadium against the charleston battery uh please go see the pride and stay for the ocb game because um these guys need your support and uh you're looking at the future of orlando city so uh you want to get a quick early glimpse of some guys you want to see what the fuss is all about when people talk about pierre da silva get out and see the games well, not only that, but every single game this uh, this weekend has um, playoff uh, implications. So how can you not go out and watch those? Um, sure, you're not going to, you know, probably not going to travel to Portland. Fine. The not only that, but the the MLS game is on Sunday night. Yeah. There's nothing going on. Yeah, you're on not going to miss anything. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You're I mean, you don't. You're not going to watch. What are you going to do? Watch UCF? Come on. You're not going to watch the. You're not going to watch a UCF football team. Come on. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm done, I guess. Anyway, Dave, we got to talk about Orlando City uh, playing the Portland Timbers, a team that they have never lost to or tied. Um, so weird. It is It is a strange twist of fate. Now, of course, Portland uh, was a an MLS Cup champion, and you know how MLS Cup champions fare against Orlando City. True. Uh, not not usually very well. Uh, the Orlando Orlando City has played two uh, cup winners the following year at home and destroyed them both. They played one defending cup champ on the road and drew that game. So I think the key is to just always play the defending cup champions <laughs> every week. Just you know, can you trade opponents? At home. Can, can you do that? I mean, you, you can trade players, but can you trade opponents? That's what I want to know. Well, and if we can, can we trade schedule so it's always at home? Because whenever that is, it's always 4 nothing. Yeah, or 4-1. Or 4-1. Because they had that late goal. I mean, everybody forgets that Portland scored a late goal to kind of screw up the screw up the shutout. But, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's okay. But anyway, we're going to talk about that game with our special guest this week. We'll get to that right after this. All right, joining us this week on the Mainland Podcast, happy to have with us Will Conwell. He's an editor over at Stumptown Footy, which is uh, the SB Nation site that covers the Portland Timbers and Portland Thorns and uh, Timbers 2. Will, thanks for being with us on the podcast this week. Thanks for having me. 
So now that we've made you wait a half an hour because of my uh, <laughs> technical issue uh, here, um, <laughs> I'm really grateful to have you on. I want to talk to you about this big game coming up on Saturday. Uh, it's it's certainly a big game for Orlando City because every single point is just uh, a must-have now. Uh, but I see that it, it's pretty important to Portland in terms of the Western Conference race, which is extremely tight. And uh, it looks like some teams may have some uh, games in hand on you over there. Yeah, the uh, the Timbers have uh, have kind of been looking over their shoulder at the uh, the other teams behind them for a while now. And I mean, as you can see by looking at the standings, Vancouver's already caught up, uh, making use of some of those games in hand. So, I mean, it's really up to the Timbers to to get the most out of these last few games. Uh, so, hopefully. Uh, for us, that means taking three points off of you guys. Yeah, I was really hoping that uh, you guys had maybe a little bit more of a, a lead over there so that uh, you could sit some players. Valeri. Maybe Valeri yeah. For, yeah, Valeri. That's who I was thinking <laughs> of. Uh, yeah. So uh, obviously, as you just said, that's probably unfortunately not going to be the, the case. But um, so, so given that, um, uh, you know, Obviously, we'll talk about Valeria, but uh, I want to know what what other uh, matchups or other uh, players for uh, the Timbers you think are going to be key uh, to get some points this weekend. Well, coming into this one, uh, there are a couple of pretty big question marks for the Timbers, uh, which has been basically the case in every game all year. Uh, And this time around, uh, it's uh, who is going to be playing alongside Diego Chara uh, in the center of the midfield. Uh, Chara's coming back from suspension, but uh, his usual partner, uh, David Guzman, had to come out uh, about midway through the Timbers game against RSL last weekend. Um, And he has not yet practiced this week. Uh, Caleb Porter was saying today that he uh, was hopeful still that he would be uh, available for the match this weekend, but um, I am not optimistic personally. Uh, and I think that probably means that Darlington Nagby is going to get slotted in to that uh, central midfield role, which uh, is always a little bit of a different look for the Timbers. Um, so that's going to uh, that's going to be uh, something to keep an eye on uh, on this side. And then uh, the other question mark for the Timbers is uh, along the back line where Vitas uh, is coming back from in injury. Uh, I think he's a guy who really adds to the uh, to the Timbers attack uh, when he's playing at the left back slot. Uh, and uh, Liam Ridgewell, uh, the Timbers captain, who's been in and out of the side all year due to injuries, uh, is just kind of getting back to full fitness uh, and could play at the left back or at the left center back spot. Um, so the fact that the Timbers this late in the season are kind of switching everything up along the back line <laughs> once again, um, hopefully for the best, uh, is something else that everyone here is going to be keeping an eye on. So, Will, I want to know which Timbers, just give me a couple of guys who are in really good form right now and a couple of guys who are not in very good form, uh, you know, just say over the last couple of games. Well, uh, let's uh, let's start with the people who are in rough form uh, currently. Um, right now, the two guys I would pick out um, would be whoever's playing in goal, uh, be that Jeff Atanella or Jake Gleason. Um, 
there's a little bit of, well, there's another question mark right there, uh, which one of those guys is going to play. Um, Atanella was having a run of uh, a couple nice games after Gleason was forced out due to an injury, but uh, in this last match against RSL, he uh, had a couple of shaky moments, uh, gave up an arguably savable goal, uh, and uh, is now kind of back uh, outside of everyone's good graces. Um, the other person I would point to is Sebastian Blanco. Uh, Blanco um, is the the Timbers' new this year designated player. Um, you know, he plays out wide on the wing. Uh, he's been pretty influential for the side. You know, he's a good two way player, but um, over these last few games, he's really struggled to make his mark. He's missed a few pretty good chances. Um, you know, he's still involved, but not quite on the level that uh, that we want him to be. Um, so he's a guy who, uh, you know, if he can step it up, uh, then the Timbers are going to be looking pretty good. If he doesn't, then, you know, that's a, a big hole out on the left uh, that is, uh, you know, going to need filling. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as who's in good form, uh, Diego Valeri, uh, <laughs> you mentioned, he's in pretty good form. Uh, I'd he, say. He, did in fact, uh, as many may have heard, uh, just score his uh, score in his eighth straight game, which is an MLS record. Um, and uh, you know he uh, he's having a career year in a lot of ways. Um, he's uh, he's currently the or as of uh, as of a couple games ago, he's the Timbers' all-time leading goal scorer, and you know that includes NASL, the the USL days. Uh, you know, all uh, all eras, mm-hmm. um, and he's also now the uh, the holder of the uh, most goals in a single season for the Timbers uh, as well. So he's having a real good year, uh, and hopefully he's able to keep that up. Um, you know, he uh, this is really the first season in a while that he's been healthy for the whole time, um, and I think that that is something that's really allowing him, uh, along with some you know changes in the 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 way the Timbers approach the game uh, that's really allowing him to put his mark on things and, uh, and be the, the goal scoring sort of midfielder that we are seeing currently. Um, other than Valeri, uh, I think a guy that you have to give some props to is uh, Roy Miller. Um, Miller is a guy uh, who has been asked to slot in at left center back, left back for the Timbers, uh, even right center back at times, which he's not entirely comfortable with. Um, and you know he's really stepped up for the team all through this year, uh, even as uh, they've struggled with just injury after injury on the back line. Um, so even though he uh, he is a guy that you know when you look at the Timbers lineup, uh, you kind of find yourself <laughs> wishing that he was on the bench uh, just because of the the way the talent lines up. He's a guy who's been you know, really important for the Timbers this year and, and really important in carrying them through some of the, the rough patches that they've had. Well, speaking of that back line, uh, of course, uh, for uh, Orlando City, uh, Dom Dwyer's finally opened his account uh, in a big way, and uh, he and Laren seem to be um, communicating better. Um, how do you see that uh, revamped back line um, holding up against uh, the, the Dom and Kyle uh, pairing? Uh, well, with those guys and their ability to put defenders under pressure, uh, 
I mean, you know, Dom is certainly someone that we're <laughs> plenty familiar with from his time uh, with Kansas City and seeing them over and over again. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, his his ability to put defenders under pressure um, is something that uh, worries me uh, when I uh, when I see that applied to the Timbers. Um, I think that this Timbers back line, uh, in part due to the... Uh, the constant shakeups and in, in part due to just sort of the, the nature of the players on it um, can get a little shaky when, uh, when put under pressure. Um, and so I think that uh, if that's something that, uh, that uh, they, the, uh, the lines are going to be doing, then it's something that uh, could really trouble the timbers. Um, that being said, you know, the Timbers are sort of 50-50 with that sort of thing. They uh, they can sometimes just play right out of it, and then sometimes they can absolutely terrify you. So I guess it kind of remains to be seen which one we'll get this weekend. Well, one thing that's a little bit unfortunate is we're not going to see a homecoming of sorts for Will Johnson, who played there and, uh, and was on the, the cup-winning team, uh, as I recall. Um did you have you followed that story of his arrest at all? What were you shocked by that? How what do you make of this whole thing? This this domestic violence charge that uh, that cropped up just a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's certainly it's certainly disappointing. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that really, um, other than to say that. Uh, you know, Will Johnson was a big part of the the Timbers teams, um, or the the Timbers, uh, you know, building a a successful team that went on to to win the championship, and that's great. But uh, you know, you can't help but be disappointed by the by this sort of thing. And you know, for me personally, uh, I've just been trying to to stay out of it i haven't been trying to follow along with it because it's yeah it, not, nothing good is going to come of it uh, for those of us back here yeah well uh, switching uh, gears a little bit uh um I, i'm a little bit worried uh, you were talking about uh you know the goalie position well uh, i found out that you guys recently signed a uh, incredibly tough and skilled uh young player uh, i believe to a one-game contract i'm assuming just to to play us um, one, Mr. Uh, Derek Telez, uh, who is a, unfortunately a five-year-old, uh, young lad, um, you know, fighting brain cancer. Um, w- what do you think is going to be his, uh, greatest attribute, uh, uh, or, or, um, contribution to the team this weekend? Is it the, the toughness, the skill or the cuteness factor? Uh, well, I mean, you really can't underestimate the cuteness factor. Um, but, uh, from, uh, from what I've heard, I, I haven't seen a ton of him yet. Um, but from what I've heard, uh, it's uh, it's really about the heart that he brings to the table. Um, you know, he uh, he is uh, is someone who loves the game, and I feel like he's probably going to step up and step up big this weekend. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there's probably a lot of five year olds that could have kept clean sheets against this Orlando City team this year. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I say that with love. Uh, the, the the record speaks for itself, the goal scoring record. But the weird thing is, out of nowhere. Uh, this team uh, has scored five goals in the last couple of games, and uh, this is a team that had gone nearly three months without scoring more than one goal in a game. Um, 
aside from the, the the two strikers who everybody knows, is there is there players uh, or are there players on Orlando City that you personally are are um, a little nervous about? Um, not specifically, not really. Uh, I think it's always hard with the Eastern Conference teams um, to uh, to have those guys that you pick out. Um, you know, obviously, uh, like uh, you know, Rivas uh, could uh, could come on and make an impact, um, and uh, and. Uh, You know, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's really the the one guy that comes to mind. But um, no, no one, no one in particular. Mark it down, Dave. The first time that somebody has not said that they were worried about Kaká. Mark it down. <laughs> well, well, you know, he uh, he 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 hasn't gotten the start, and uh, so it, uh, yeah, that that's that is interesting, but. Uh, um, <laughs> Well, you know, uh, switching sides, uh, other than, you know, like you said, you don't, you know, it's always tough with the East, uh, Eastern Conference teams. For us, it's tough with the Western Conference. Obviously, we know about Valerian. You've mentioned some others. Uh, is there uh, a, a sneaky uh, a sneaky guy that uh, we're not going to expect that's, you know, going to jump up and, and surprise us this weekend? Uh, well, Looking at uh, looking at the guys who might catch you off guard, um, I guess I would probably go with uh, Jeremy Ebabisi. Uh You know, Darren Maddox is going to get the start. Uh, Fernando's Adi is out injured still. Uh, the Timbers are hoping that he'll be in uh, practice for the first time in a while on Friday, but they've kind of been hoping that for a while now. Um, and uh, but Maddox uh, Maddox is a guy who is you know he's going to give the Timbers a lot of work. He's going to uh, you know make productive runs. He's going to open up space for Valeri, um, and you know all of that is not easy to deal with. Um, however, Ebabisi uh, will probably make a, a late game appearance um, one way or another. Um, and he is a guy who uh, you know he's a rookie. He's a, a young guy. He, uh, though, is a player who is actually quite technically skilled. Um, he's got a good head for the game. And uh, when he's playing um, in front of Diego Valeri, he has had some really great moments so far. Um, you know, he hasn't exactly lit up the scoreboard. Um, but I really think that he is someone who is not far from sort of turning that corner uh, and being a real significant contributor to the Timbers um, in more than just a <laughs> space-occupying way. <laughs> well, uh, of course, you know, Portland is trying to make history and uh, beat Orlando City for the first time in MLS play, um, which is mind-boggling to even say that. But um, it, we can't let you get out of here, Will, before getting you know your key matchup of the game and uh, and what you think think the final score will be uh when the final whistle blows on saturday or sunday uh well for the key matchup um i think it's probably going to be uh i guess i it's gonna have to be the uh orlando center backs um against diego valeri 
Uh, Valeri is a guy who likes to operate in the spaces between the uh, the midfield and the defense. Um, and he makes runs forward uh, that uh, that put him into the space off the back shoulder of the opposition center back. So, um, you know, you saw in the uh, the match against RSL last weekend um, uh, on the goal that he scored, you know, he slips forward, he gets behind the last center back at the back post, uh, and he's able to just put home a, a really nice header off uh, service from Dairon Espria. Um, so tracking him uh, and making sure that he is covered, you know, is not something that's easy for, for anyone, but it's, I think that is going to be the sort of defining um, matchup of the, the game this weekend. Mm-hmm. As far as the score goes, uh, I think the Timbers are going to win it. Um, you know, they, they are very good at home, uh, even though Orlando is a, a pretty good team on the road and has been for the last couple of years, I believe. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with a, a two, one Timbers win. All right. I don't know about the good road part, but, uh, it has certainly been, uh, four points out of a possible six, the last couple of weeks, uh, for <laughs> well, to be fair in MLS, not being terrible on the road is being good on the road. Well, that's we are, a fair point. Uh, we are better than the revs on the road. Also, I'll give us that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Minnesota. Um, all right. Well, uh, tell everybody where they can find you and your contributions to Stumptown Footy and, and all things uh, soccer related on the interwebs. Uh, well, Stumptown Footy uh, is where you can find most of my writing as well as uh, on uh, MLSsoccer.com from time to time. Uh, you can follow my Twitter uh, at William Conwell. All right. And uh, Will is going to be our... Uh, correspondent from Stumptown Footy on this week's intelligence report. So look for that uh, here toward the end of the week. Uh, Will Conwell, the editor, uh, an editor over at StumptownFooty.com. Thanks so much for being with us on the Mainland Podcast this week, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, let's head into stoppage time, Dave. We want to thank Will Conwell from Stumptown Footy for stopping by and giving us the skinny on the Portland Timbers. Uh, Always good to talk to some of our brethren from around the league, especially those that we don't uh, talk to a whole lot, only getting to play the Western Conference teams once each um, and uh, every other year alternating where we play them. So it's, it's good to, good to talk to Will. He's a, he's a good guy, knowledgeable dude and uh, Mm -hmm. fun to talk to online as well. So uh, he's a good follow, follow him on the Twitters. Uh, okay, so we've got our Ask the Mainland Podcast Anything segment uh, coming up here, Dave. And uh, we do have a few questions this week. And, of course, uh, you can ask us questions anytime you want. Uh, please just uh, send those in via Twitter. And we are at the mainland. And you can just hit us up with the hashtag AskTMLPC, which stands for Ask the Mainland Podcast. Uh, it's a long one longer than it probably should be but uh we're running into all kinds of things uh when we were picking out a hashtag that we were finding these uh these various organizations were using and uh, i didn't want to confuse anybody so ask tmlpc hit us up on twitter we are at the mainland or you can uh email us your questions we are the mainland at gmail.com 
please remember to spell main m-a-n-e not m-a-i-n as we are uh, like alliance main we're, we're very similar in many ways um dave our first question comes to us on the twitters from carlos carlos asks do you still believe Christ is the man to get OCSC back to its championship ways? I do, but the bandwagon seems to be emptying. <laughs> well, yes, the bandwagon has been emptying. We've uh, spoken about that a couple times. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you and I have both addressed that, uh, you know, he's got one more transfer window to uh, get things into place. And if uh, come this time, you know, or summer transfer window you know, next next season. Well, then, uh, you know, maybe it's time to make a change. But uh, as we've said before, it's, uh, you know, I, I think most of the moves that he's made have been positive. Um, you know, I, I feel good about, um, you know, the people that he's brought in, the personnel he's brought in. Um, you know, is he the most, you know, you go from Inchi to him. So you go from, uh, you know, the, the fired up rah-rah guy to uh, the, you know, one of the most stoic men on the on the face of the planet. So it's a little bit of a, uh, a you know, culture shock for those of us who are, who are fans. But mm -hmm. um, I, I still think, um, you know, he, he has the uh, – the MLS pedigree, you know, in his time uh, as a coach, and um, it's it's just it'll come down to you know, uh, like I said, the next transfer window. What happens then? There's so much up in the air with who's going to stay, who's going to go, who we bring in. Um, I, I personally, I I like him. I like what he's he's done. The results haven't been there, I understand, and it's been frustrating. Trust me, we're just as frustrated as everybody listening. Uh, we're first and foremost, you know, uh, supporters of the team. So uh, it's we're just as frustrated. But that being said, I, I you know, it, it took Dom longer to get, you know, open his account than, than one would have expected. But, you know, it has now, or he has now. So, uh, you know after going around the long way, do I think he's still the guy that can do it? Yeah, I think he can. Um, you know, would, there's, there's still a lot of balls up in the air and, and it's, it's going to take a little more time before we know for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say that I believe that he can, I don't know that he will, but I know, I definitely think that he can. I don't think that he is, uh, one of those coaches that gets to the age where they have lost, you know, sort of touch with the modern player. I think there are coaches like that out there. And you and I were just talking off the air about Ziggy Schmidt, uh, who might be one of those guys. Um, but I don't think that Jason Christ has breached that uh, point. I think that his team plays hard for him. I think that you saw that at Atlanta. I think you saw that against uh, DC United. I think you saw it against, even though they didn't win either game, I think you saw it against Columbus and Vancouver recently. So, uh, with the exception of the New England game, really, they've been playing very well of late, very hard. And, uh, you know, the results haven't been exactly uh, what the doctor ordered, but they have been better of late. So let's see how things go. And I think definitely one more window should be enough for Jason to have the, the, all the pieces that he wants into place. He's gotten a good look at these guys now for a year. Um, and sometimes you, you see qualities in, in training that, you know, you think I can, I, you know, I got to keep this guy around because I like what I'm seeing. But if you don't, if it doesn't transfer to games, you know, eventually you do have to pull the plug and say, I have to move, move on from this player and look elsewhere. And I think there were still a few guys like that on this team this year where uh, Christ was playing them based on what he was seeing in, in training, based on what he thought that their upside or potential 
might be, and they just weren't getting the job done. And I think we all kind of know who one of those guys is. He used to be the starting striker for this team, um, uh, you know, up top with Kyle Lahren for the first part of the season. Um, and I think, um, you know, maybe there might be one or two more guys like that. I think you're probably going to see some turnover, uh, the team getting a little younger in some areas. I don't know that we'll ever see Will Johnson play for this team again. Uh, so there might be more than we thought in terms of moves that have to be made. But I, st- I still think two, three guys, uh, two, three key pieces brought into the team that exists now with uh, a Yoshimar Yotun and guys mm-hmm. like that I, I, and a Dom Dwyer on this team. I, I really think that this team's not far off. And I think when we talk to you know, when I talk to bloggers from around the league, they like our roster quite a bit and they 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 didn't like it before. So they like it more now. And I think that part of that is that these last two windows have been very good for Orlando City. And I think that there will be some more good windows ahead. And, and it's, it's you know, everybody can whiff on talent. I mean, I've, I've talked to people around the league who really thought Brian Rochez was going to be something. And, you know, he has now failed with two different teams so uh, in MLS. So it's, uh, you know, it doesn't always work out the way you think it'll work out. But, um, you know, there's some youth in this organization that could be uh, playing a bigger role next year. Maybe uh, a Larea, maybe a Da Silva, maybe a Barry. And, uh, and certainly I think that some new players will be brought in. So uh, we'll see with Jason Kreiss. Uh But thank you for your question, Carlos. We really appreciate that. Um, and uh, now we'll get to two questions from Mark Johnson, a regular regular Ask the Mainland podcast contributor. Uh, and uh, Mark, we do appreciate your questions. And he's got two. The first one is, what do you guys think about the NASL lawsuit? Now, the, those of you who don't know, uh, the NASL is suing the U.S. Soccer Federation in the wake of uh, being denied Division II status, um, the NASL contends that they're not being treated fairly and allowed to compete. Um, it is a ploy by, you know, last-minute ploy by a, a, or last-ditch effort from a, a struggling league that has hemorrhaged teams and players and money for years. And uh, so I guess I'm already answering your question, Mark. <laughs> um <laughs> That's what I think about it. I think that it's uh, not something that the NASL can win. And if they do, it'll probably be something like the USFL lawsuit where you get like three bucks. Here's your, here's your damages. Thanks for playing. Um, but I, I, I just don't see two top flight leagues in this country being successful uh, when this, you know, the sport is still kind of growing and it's, it's, it's not a safe sport yet. It's not, still not competing with the top dogs. And I don't, I, I just don't see the need to have this many, um, you know, leagues vying for, for that top, or even more than one vying for the top flight. And I, that is what NASL wanted to do. Um, they were given v- division two status and sort of were like a, an extra, you know, it's like, like the USL oh. basically. So now you've got the USL, which has division two status and NASL was denied that division two status. And, and, you know, the USS or the USSF, the U.S. Soccer Federation, has criteria that you got to meet. Now, some say that there's some USL teams not meeting those same criteria. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe that needs to be looked at. And maybe that's something that the courts will uh, point out that the uh, 
you know, the USL has to get some some houses in order, but I don't think the NASL is viable long term. I just don't I just don't see it. Yeah, you know, the the USSF, um, they gave them they got the provisional divisions to uh, status, um, you know, early this year. Um, If they met certain conditions, but they had have not, which, you know, one of them was to expand to 12 teams. Well, guess what? They didn't do that. Um, you know, there's geographic distribution, number of teams, market size, stadium capacity, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's so much that goes into that um, and they're not meeting it. And it's, this is a last ditch effort to, you know, try and, you know, blame somebody else for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, we want soccer to succeed in this country, um, and I think it is. Um, but the the NASL is is simply not going to be, you know, they're not going to be that top tier tier league. It's 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 pretty much a, it's it's a given decided thing at this point, um, which is why they're suing. You know, which you know, there's that's a pretty American thing to do, to be <laughs> fair. But uh, yeah, the the NASL too is, is it's a league that. I mean, they've, we've seen what's happened with, like, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. We've seen ownership problems. We've seen money problems. We've seen where the leagues had to take over and operate teams for or, or other, other owners have had to kick in money. Um, I mean, it, it's just been a mess. And it, you're not going to expand to 12 teams. You're not going to continue to grow that league when a team or two is leaving every year and you're only expanding by a team or two. It's just not going to happen. No, and you know, uh, if, if we were to to look to you know other uh, soccer countries, um, they have their top division, and then they have several divisions below that, um, going all the way down to you know what amounts to you know club team, you know, like a, a, a bunch of guys that get together and you know in a, in one little town in Germany and just play together, you know, playing against other guys from a little town in Germany, mm-hmm. um, and there's. They're not gonna. They're they're not gonna make that next step up. So I, I think the best thing that can happen is, like you said, you know, if they they get a little payout and, and it dissolves, and then um, we're able to, you know, figure out the USL, see if there's something, you know, below that. Eventually, I don't think it's it's big enough yet for anything, you know, below that. So, well, the USL is is going to have a, a division three. Uh, a clear-cut Division Three. They're already building that league. So, right. Um, the NASLs just got they've they've got problems, and it's those problems are not going to go away. I don't I don't see promotion relegation happening in this country, uh, so I don't see that. And, and really, they've kind of missed their window for for being able to merge. You know, because the the expansion teams have already started flowing in. I mean, Orlando City was one of those teams. Right. And uh, and, you know, now there's Atlanta and LAFC is coming in and and, you know, Miami. they've already yeah Miami you got their crap together. Finally, it looks like. And it just looks like um, these these final uh, few te- cities have been narrowed down. And, and it looks like the the you know, the league has already turned the page and said, you know, we're not going to, you know, the, the time for them to do this was before New York city FC happened. Uh, right. so they could do something about the cosmos. It, it, I will admit that as somebody whose first professional soccer game attended was a New York cosmos game back in the Pele days, uh, it would be sad for the cosmos to be gone, but there's no room for a third New York team, uh, in MLS. 
And so if the NASL goes away, they're gone. They're just done. And the same thing, I, I think, in some respects with, uh, you know, now they're in the, the USL, but Tampa Bay Rowdies would have been a tough team to lose, too, because they, you know, they have that history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be sad to see, you know, some of these other teams go. I think some will be absorbed into the USL. Maybe maybe even one might have a chance to get into MLS. But, um yeah, I, I don't think that this uh, lawsuit is going to accomplish much other than to make a whole lot of lawyers a whole lot of money. Well, like I said, the American way. Yeah. All right, Mark, uh, your second question. With everything going on at FC Kansas City recently, do we have a better or worse chance to get Sidney LaRue here? Uh, what Mark is referring to is that there were uh, there was an ownership issue and there's some some – instability there um i think the owner lives in minnesota there was some thought that maybe the team might move uh but i think that i i trust the nwsl to iron out this situation find new ownership for that team and whether they're not whether they're in kansas city or in another city next year i think that team will be fine i don't think it affects the chance to get Sidney larue here i think the chance is always going to be there since dom is here that, um, you know, that Sydney's going to request it through the U.S. national team and say, I'd really like to go uh, to the city that Dom is in. And if it if it makes sense for everybody and the deal can be worked out, it could happen. And if not, you know, that them's the breaks. They're they're professional athletes and they'll they'll deal with living apart. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the fact that Dom is now at Orlando City is a bigger uh, factor than you know anything going on with FC Kansas City. So uh, I agree. I think that the the league will will figure all that out. Um, could they potentially get moved? Yeah, sure. Who knows? Uh, lots of things could happen. But um, uh, once again, I that, I think that has very little to do with whether um, we see Sydney in purple or not. Um, that would be, like I said, much more akin to. Her putting in the request, if it works out with everybody, like you said, if the money's there, if everybody's happy, sure, then maybe we get Sydney. And if we do, awesome. Yeah, and I, I think I think the only chance, the, the only way that it would improve chances is if the team folded. And I don't expect the team to fold. I expect them to either get new management, uh, or I, I expect them to get new ownership and either stay in Kansas City or move, but still be a team. Just like right. Western New York Flash moved to North Carolina and became the Courage. Uh, yeah, I don't see them folding now. There are owners out there that do want to be involved in the NWSL, and they are saying they want uh, a women's team. I'm surprised that there's not a women's team in, L- in L.A. yet. Um, I think Atlanta will have one at some point. Um, and uh, I think there's uh, there's a few other cities around the league that I think would like. I think Minnesota would like to have a women's team. Uh, so I think there are some opportunities and um, we may see those materialize at some point. But um, for now, I don't expect FC Kansas City to go anywhere. Now, if they do, they do. But um, uh, I'm not convinced yet. And I think that there's a chance Sporting Kansas City uh, will step up and, and bring them in. So anyway, Mark, thank you so much for your questions. We really appreciate it. Again, get your questions into us on Twitter, at the mainland, hashtag AskTMLPC. And uh, you can email us, themainland at gmail.com. And ask uh, us anything. Yeah, ask us anything you like. Uh, and Because, you know, these soccer questions are probably going to be hard to think of in the off season. <laughs> so <laughs> you may as well just get used to the idea right now that we can help you with, with other problems as well. 
Dave, before we get out of here, key matchups and final score predictions for your Orlando City Lions uh, traveling to the Portland Timbers this Sunday. Well, that's that's the key, isn't it? Uh, having to travel all the way across the country and uh, against a team that has 50 goals this season and Valeri has 18 of them. Um, it's... Uh, It's going to be whether so it looks like Spectre's going to be in if we can have him all game and have him fit all game, um, and if he and Tommy and or and or whoever else we have in there can limit uh, goal opportunities for Portland, then we have a chance. Mm. Um, it's. Um, you know, of course, I want to say the other side is is we have to keep up with them just like we did in Atlanta. But um, if I, I don't know that we can score, you know, six goals, so we've got to, we've got to make sure we limit them. Um, as far as the outcome goes, uh, well, we're traveling, and typically, you know, if you go all the way across the country, then you know you don't feel real good about that. Um, because your your body clock's all messed up, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say two two draw. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, the the uh, scene of Kyle Lahren's first MLS goal, by the way, is uh, Portland. I don't think I, you know, you mentioned Jonathan Spector. I'm of the opinion that he's not going to play this uh, weekend. I, hmm. I don't know what, uh, you know, if, if your knee can't go 90 or you can't go more than 58 minutes on your knee and you're complaining about, you know, it, it hurts so bad. You can't go, you got to come off. I don't think it's a good idea to give it a go on artificial turf again the next week. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but and I'd love to see Specter play, but I just don't, I just don't get the sense you need to risk him on artificial turf uh, when he couldn't even, you know, couldn't get through the game last week. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And you know, well, let me be very clear. My prediction hinges upon Specs being in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you just say with Specs, they're giving up two goals. That's not really that um, assuring. Um, I think that I'm going to agree with our guest, Will Conwell. I think that the key matchup is, uh, holding Valeri, um, Valeri scored eight straight games, which means he's really due to not score. He's overdue. <laughs> if you think about it in just the mathematical terms, he's due to not score a goal. Um, whether that happens or not, I couldn't say whether you're looking at a, a Redding Pereira or a Redding Hines or a Redding Aha or some other combination, uh, center back combination. Uh, you're probably looking at Valeri getting the nine, but, um, <laughs> uh, and I, I, you know, I'm not saying that to be mean. I just, uh, wily veterans who are really good at soccer are really good at taking advantage of small mistakes by young center backs. Uh, so, uh, that's why I say it, not because I, I'm just trying to disparage these players. Um, I think I'm going to say, you know, last time we went to Portland, Laren scored, Kaká scored. It was a 2-0 win. I don't think we're going to get a 2-0 win, though. I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to try to be positive and say they ride the momentum and get a 1-1 draw. Hey, we almost had the same thing. Yeah, that's I'm, never good. I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna regret saying that because it's if it's not a one-one draw, it's probably gonna be like Will said a two-one Portland win. But um, hopefully, hopefully this this good run of form offensively will continue for Orlando City, and uh, they'll f- hopefully force Portland to try to keep up. And if they do that, then uh, Portland could make some mistakes and get caught at the back, and, and maybe that uh, maybe Orlando could actually win a game by more than a goal for the first time in I don't know forever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Hopefully, Dom had such yeah. a good time scoring that he keeps it going. Yeah, if he scores when he wants, I really hope he wants to this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I hope he wants to a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, maybe they could. Uh, could call up uh, Alex Morgan for uh, for the game also because she's just been on fire. Um, so there you have it. There's our key matchups and our scoreline predictions for Orlando City at uh, the Portland Timbers. Don't forget, we'll be back next week to talk about that game. We'll also talk about the pride at home against the Portland Thorns. Uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a clinched playoff berth, but uh, it's going to be a pretty tall ask against a team that the pride have never beaten, never tied. Um it's just been a one-sided, uh, one-sided uh, series against the Thorns. Um, and we'll be back to talk about OCB against the Charleston Battery. So we've got a lot going on. And, of course, next week, Dave, is a very busy week. The, the Lions are going into a three-game and seven-day stretch because we haven't had enough of these types of things this year. Uh, yeah. Although there were, a lot of them were stacked up early in the year. But, yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh, when you're when you're trying to catch up and then having to play, uh, you know, three games in seven days and having the third of those be an afternoon game in the hot Florida sun. So um, thanks, MLS. We appreciate the, uh, the help with the schedule there, buddy. Uh, you just do you, Garber. I bet if it, <laughs> I bet I bet uh, I bet you wouldn't do all, this to Atlanta. All things are bad and they'll <laughs> never be good again. That's right. Everything's terrible. Nothing will ever be good again. But, um, yeah, so we will wrap up this episode number 104. Uh, and we'll be back next week to, again, talk about all of those games. Of course, Atlanta, uh, Orlando City will be playing uh, a midweek game against the Revolution at home. Revolution will have a new coach as Jay Heaps was sacked this week. Uh, it would have been really nice for them to have kept Heaps around through next week since right. he's not been able to win any road games yet. Um, but, uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that happen to Orlando city is, you know, you get a, a team that's coming in with maybe a little bit different energy cause they've just swapped coaches and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, then they'll, they'll of course, uh, on Saturday be hosting FC Dallas. So, uh, and we're almost out of home games, Dave. Yes, we are. Unfortunately for the 2017 season, we have, uh, it seems like this it seems like I was just in the stands at Orlando city stadium for the opening game against New York city FC. It just feels like it's flown by this summer. And, um, you know, it's, uh, now it's coming to an end. The there's one home game in October, I believe. And just a couple of games in October, uh, mm-hmm. just five, five games remaining five. Yeah. Five it's crazy. You know, it, it's, I, I would imagine for those guys that are playing it, they're, um, you know, they're probably getting a little bit tired, but for us, there's never enough soccer. There's just never enough. 
Well, they they got to be untired because if they can manage to get a couple of breaks and sneak into the playoffs, they're going to need to play some more games. Well, I was referring to Portland. Oh, those guys, yeah, they might be tired. I don't know. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they. The other thing is they're going to be mad because then they just lose to RSL last week. They're going to be. Yeah, they did. So like, you just can't get a break. It's like you can't, you can't get the over. Like, you know, Atlanta came in off a seven-nil win. They're coming in overconfident and cocky and stuff. You know. <laughs> Portland's coming in bad. I don't, we're really not happy about our last uh, f- last uh, outing. We're going to put in uh, more of effort, you know. So, so this is what the season has been like. You you, you remember uh, uh, that scene in uh, uh, Captain America: Civil War where uh, uh, Cap keep, keeps getting beaten up by Iron Man, and he stands up and he he's like wavy, and he goes, "I can do this all day." That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm, I, I keep standing up, going, "Okay, come on, hit me again. Let's go." Nice. Yeah, now that's cool. Now I have to go watch that movie again because I haven't seen it in a while. Um, and I also have to watch Doctor Strange because I just got that for my birthday last week and I didn't uh, Ooh, have watch so it. good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll break everything down. We'll have a few laughs. We'll have a special guest, hopefully, because we've had a guest every day this year or every every show this year. We want to keep that train rolling because uh, it's been fun. It's a lot more fun when we have somebody ex- you know, else extra to share it with and it's not just you and me going back and forth and rambling like crazy lunatics and we have actual you know other people we can bring into this this uh, madness exactly because uh, you know we, we we place that interview in the middle so that we break up the crazy lunatic parts into two parts yeah something like that yeah yeah all right and also i want to say dave uh the mainland's going to be celebrating its third birthday as a website uh, on Saturday. So um, there'll be Orlando Pride versus Portland Thorns. There'll be OCB versus Charleston. And the biggest event of all, the Mainland's third anniversary. Oh, oh trust me. I know because <laughs> I get to start the day off since I'm writing leaks for that day. So I get to be the first one to have something on the website that day. Yeah. Feeling very, feeling very good about that. That's right. Dave gets to do line links on uh, for Saturday. All right, everybody, we will uh, wrap up episode 104. Thanks again to Will Conwell from Stump Town Footy for uh, being with us uh, and telling us about the Timbers. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Please uh, read our stuff at themainland.com. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, check us out. Like us on Facebook. And uh, please go to iTunes and uh, leave us five-star uh, rating I did not again Dave this two weeks in a row I have not gotten a chance to look at the iTunes this week to see if anybody uh, left a new uh, iTunes review but I will be sure if anybody did leave us a five-star review and I it didn't get to it we'll read as many as we got we'll read them all next week so that's a promise from me to you the home listener uh, so on behalf of Dave Rowe I am Michael Citro signing off the way I always do by saying go city